Can Be New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. It's uh, good to see you guys. Hey, we are excited about being here today, and I'm going to explain a little bit about what we're doing. We have a table here, obviously, and a couple stools and a couple guys, and we're going to have a conversation to talk about what it really takes to reach the next generation. And so we're going to give an opportunity at the end, too, for you guys to participate in giving. And I want to explain to you uh, kind of the two entities that you have up here is you have the, uh, the dean of Canby Bible College, which is a standalone Bible college, actual Bible college, um, that is right across the street on campus here. Um, that is full-time classes, incredible uh, instructors. And uh, when you graduate there, you actually get an associate's degree in Christian ministry. Um, and I run something called the Immersion Discipleship Program, which is a full-time, immersive, kind of like a, an, an in-house missionary where students, young adults who graduate high school or a little bit after that, commit two years of their life fully to, being, to serving Christ, to being discipled, and to attend Canby Bible College. So you can see today that we're really a partnership together. There are students that go to Canby Bible College that aren't in our ID program, but all students that are in our ID program do attend Canby Bible College. So when we give you the opportunity to give at the end, um, we're, we want you to know that that's going to go to keep tuition costs down, to pay for scholarships, to really keep this, these programs going. Um, and so that's why we're here today. But we're here to kind of engage in a conversation that uh, really talks about the next generation. And uh, when we say next gen, when you hear that term here, or you hear the term next generation, what it's really talking about is it's talking about those that were born about 1985 to about 2005. So we're talking kind of about the 8 to 28-year-olds. And uh, they are all over the place. Let me tell you, we'll talk about that in a little while. So it's not just about kids or just about youth. It's really about an entire generation of people that are very unique in today's culture. So uh, that's when, when you hear us mention the next generation, that's who we're talking about. I am Ryan Brown. Hello, everybody. For those of you guys that don't know me, I don't get to spend a lot of time on this side of the parking lot because most of my time is actually spent over there in the youth building and the kids' buildings and hanging out uh, with young leaders. Um, But I serve in two roles here at New Life. I serve, first of all, as the next-gen pastor. So I kind of am the overseeing pastor of other pastors who who, uh, work with kids, youth, and young adults. And what's cool about that is that actually represents about 350, maybe maybe even more, uh, young people um, here on campus. So that's a third of our church. That's 30%. And believe me, we get pretty tired over there. Uh, But it's very, very exciting because it's wonderful to work with young people. And I'm a very, very busy man in that role. The second job that I do is I I work with something called the Immersion Discipleship Program, and that's where I spend a lot of my time. I... uh I personally disciple these students. Uh, We have eight currently. We've had up to 14. We've graduated over 33 over the past few years. Um, And it's it's something that's a, a deep passion of mine. And what the ID program is, it's said today that 70% of young adults walk away from church two years out of high school or faith. 70%. That means seven out of every 10 don't even re-engage church. They walk away. 
And I believe that ID, our program, is set to change that trajectory. To actually, instead of walking away from church, we would have young adults that would immerse themselves fully into discipleship. Where they can build an incredible foundation in Christ, an incredible foundation in God, that would actually change those statistics. It's really been interesting over the few years that I've, I've, we've been doing this program is that uh, we've actually raised up six pastors in the last five years, um, multiple ministry leaders, but we've also raised up business leaders. There's been incredible uh, students that have gone into the business field and are just, they're doing what they're called to do. Um, and it's been absolutely fantastic. As a matter of fact, our kids pastor, our youth pastor, the people who lead our young adults, the worship leader up here, um, and many, many other leaders are actually ID graduates. So they are not only just going through a program, but they're turning around and serving this congregation as well as all over the world. ID is a very holistic approach to how we raise a young person, how we raise a young adult. And so I'm not going to get into all the details of that because we've actually created a video that actually explains ID to a T. So would you please just watch this up on the screen? God has given the up-and-coming generation an incredible gift because he's given them the privilege to help write their own story. And over the next few years of their young adult life, each one of them will be developing some of the major plot points in those stories. As we all know, there are millions of options out there, but out of all the options, most would fall into one of three categories. First, they may go right into the workforce to learn how to make a living and pay their bills. Or they may spend a season of their life living off their parents for a while. And third, they may enter into some type of training. Let's take a closer look at that third option. When we think of training, most of us would immediately think of college. And this makes sense because college is incredibly important. But college isn't the only type of training available. Immersion discipleship is a process where young adults take a season of their life and dive into discipleship 24-7. This is exactly how the first disciples were trained. You see, they spent all their time together and with Jesus, learning about ministry and life and building an incredible foundation in God. Immersion discipleship develops the whole person, head, hands, and heart. Immersion discipleship is a perfect balance between meaningful Bible college classes, hands-on ministry training, personal character development, all being done by leaders who are very qualified and very passionate about the future of the next generation. Currently, we have graduates that are doing some incredible things all across the country and even the world. Some have gone directly into ministry and have become pastors and leaders of churches. Others have used their foundation in God to go directly into business and the arts, and some have continued their training in other places. Good stories need really good characters, and good character needs good development. If you are a young adult or if you know of one, immersion discipleship just may be one of the best ways to continue your story. <clears throat> Dr. Jeremy. <laughs> well, good morning. As Pastor Ryan said, I get the, the privilege of overseeing Canby Bible College as the dean of the college, but I also get to help out in worship, which I also appreciate. In fact, that's probably where most of you see where I'm at is involved in worship, but most of my, my time and energy is really across the street 
And uh, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking the other day that I've been involved in college-age ministry now for 19 years, all the way back to my own college experience, and then coming here on staff as the college-age pastor back in 2001. So I've been fortunate to be able to hang out with emerging leaders and uh, late teens, 20-somethings, for, for quite some time. My responsibilities at the college are really fourfold. I am called the dean of the college, but really I'm the dean of academics, dean of faculty, and dean of students, as well as being able to teach, which I I love as well. So really, I'm the guy that makes the coffee in the morning, and I'm the guy that's got the the door that's open, and and, uh, students are free to drop in. And I really get to be a part of that discipleship process, really from the point of orientation or even interested students all the way through graduation and beyond. So it is extraordinary. In 1998, the the school was founded, and it was originally called the Leadership Training Institute. And the purpose is to equip laborers for the harvest. So there is a deep discipleship ethos that goes into the, the whole activity of what we do at the college, because we're convinced that, that we're called to be disciples, and we're called to be disciple makers who go out and make other disciples as well. So in many ways, it's not just a place for education. It's a place where students come to, to be equipped and trained. They, they come to be transformed more into the image of Christ and to find their role and how they're to reach the harvest. And as Pastor Ryan said, we offer an associate degree in Christian ministry, and that's our specialization. We're very specific. We don't have multiple degrees, multiple tracks. That's what we do. And so for two years or more, students can come through and really undergo a process. And I was uh, reminded of what uh, Timothy actually uh, was told by the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul said that, uh, that Timothy was to, to guard or watch his life and his doctrine closely. He said, persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so as the Apostle Paul admonished Timothy to watch and guard your way of life and and your doctrine, what you believe, these things are vital. And so that's what we promote at the college, that we are to be people that love and serve and yet care about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is only through Jesus that we can go to the Father by the Spirit. So that's what we emphasize. That's great. Let's, let's start, Ryan, and I'll ask you a question uh, pertaining to how you assess where the millennial generation is. Like, what's your diagnosis of some of the distinctives of this generation? Uh, that's a good question. I have uh, been working with young people for probably, almost, well, probably about 19 years as well, uh, f- almost 15 years here at this church, and I've seen a lot of uh, turnover and transformation over those years, not just in the students themselves, but in culture and in life. Youth and young adult and kids ministry is much different than it was even 10 years ago. And what I'm seeing in this generation, first of all, is they're very, very, very connected. And I don't mean just connected like, hey, we're friends. I mean connected <laughs> to the internet, to the, to the intraweb, to the world wide web, uh, which is a very interesting dynamic because nothing like that has ever happened in the history of mankind. Uh, the, the only thing that was close was the invention of the printing press. As far as students and young people now can have instant access to all information at all times. And uh, it's a very interesting phenomenon because even Daniel 12 
mentions this um, in, in, in prophecy uh, that says that in the latter days that people will run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. And I think that that's kind of what's happening. So they have all this information to everything at all times. And this makes them very globally minded uh, because they have more tools and, and access to anything that they've ever had before. But the other thing is that means they have access to lots of truths. And I say truths plural because a lot more students nowadays, nowadays feel like eh, there's the Bible who's kind of true and then this idea is true and this idea is true because they have it all. The other thing that, uh, that I see is that they um, are socially connected. They have lots, thousands of friends potentially and they don't ever have to even meet any of them. They have tons of access to community by just clicking a button. And creating a post. And so all the things with working with social and like how to, how to love somebody, how to care for somebody, is all, it's all changed. And I think in some ways they're losing some of their skills of how to actually uh, how to connect. Now, on one side, it's great that you can reach so many people. On the other side, you know, friendships are often person to person. So that's, that's the downside of it, the good side and the downside. The other thing is uh, they are more aware globally of causes and, and some of them are very passionate about that. I think you're going to share about that a little bit. But they're also, um, uh, they don't understand the cost of helping a cause. In other words, through social media, they can just click a like button and feel like they've done something to change the world. And so it's a very interesting dynamic that we're dealing with. The other thing is they're very creative and very innovative. I think that that has a lot to do with their, their uh, they can become famous in an instant just by posting a YouTube video and getting lots of people to watch their YouTube channel, which is something very different. The third, they don't have a lot of walls and boundaries that they used to, which means they're non-judgmental, which is a very good thing. Yet also, some of those blurry lines apply to their own standards in their own life. So it's kind of both sides of a really great thing. So you have a good side and a, and a bad side. Uh, but also fourth, they are progressing differently than they ever have before. Um, it, it's no longer just the kid, you know, the growing up in your awkward teenage years and then 18, you're in college and career and job. It's not like that anymore. Things have definitely transformed. Uh, really, what we see is even science has now um, determined that the 19 to 24-year-old range is a late-stage adolescence. And uh, they're even talking with counselors about the way that they counsel people in those areas. And it doesn't mean that they're immature. It just means the world has changed around them. Their social lives have changed. And so they're still growing. They're still figuring out life at 19, 20, 21, 22, and, and beyond. It's kind of like uh, this term that, that I've heard that 8 is the new 13, 13 is the new 20, and 20 is the new 12. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're seeing all these different dynamics. How about you, Jeremy? What are the things that you're assessing? You know, my, my experience over the last decade really has been with those millennials that uh, are at CBC. So those that come through CBC that, are, that fit this, uh, this generation, they have in some ways answered an interest or a call to come and to get equipped because they sense a call of God in their life and they want to invest into that. But in assessing really what I've seen in the classroom but also looking at uh, trying to keep up with, uh, with studies and assess from, uh, from other venues as well, three things stand out to me. The, the aspect of the social consciousness um, that, that you alluded to, there, there's a sense that everyone should be 
should have a cause mm -hmm. that they're really going after. There should be a cause that they're trying to help overcome. And, and again, the, the breakdown, the mechanics of that, how do you actually go about that is really the, the challenge because just, again, voting you know, for it or clicking a button doesn't necessarily initiate uh, a great help necessarily to address that cause, but they are socially conscious of, of certain things that are happening in our world that they really do want to see addressed, like starvation and human trafficking and water, you know, developing nations that need clean water. And so mm -hmm. they, they're looking at the humanitarian aspect of how do we as the church be the church and love people in a very practical way. And so there's, there's that very strong emphasis. Another thing would be the sense of immediacy because of the access to information, because of, you know, it's sort of like the microwave generation. that we, we want things now. We want things instantaneous. It's like Amazon Prime. We want our package in two days, right? We want it shipped. <laughs> we want it now. We purchased it. Give it to me now. It's this now, 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 now. But that's only, that only works in so many contexts. There's another aspect of wisdom, which is planning for things that aren't now. Mm -hmm. But using the now in order to plan for what is, is important in one or two or three or four decades down the road or even your great-great-grandchildren. What sort of legacy are you thinking, about, thinking of? There's, oftentimes that is just not on the, the radar at all. So mm -hmm. trying to help cultivate an awareness of embracing a way of life and a lifestyle that, yes, addresses needs in the now, but also is postured in order to have lasting fruitfulness in decades in the future. And then the, the last thing would be a sense of wanting authenticity or to be real or genuine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my students at one point used to say, hey, just keep it real. <laughs> you know, so that's what we try to do is keep it real, be honest, be open, be, be reflective and transparent. Because if there's any sense of the lack of that, they will tune you out. If, if, they, if you act like you got everything together, they oftentimes will not give you the time of day. They want to know that you're, you're, you're honest and you're genuine and you are being honest with them. And, and once you have that, there's a starting point to actually move forward. So those are three things that really stick The last one is really good for you and I, right? Because we're not, yes. we don't have it all together at all. No, really no, you don't at all. Um, <laughs> and on that note. And I have three things I'm working on. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Jeremy. Um, in your ministry role, we talked about how we see uh, the generation uh, coming up. And, and uh, they're all very positive things. I know there's some negativity to the potential of where they can go, but it's very, very positive. But given that and given our views, for you, in your ministry role, in, in the context that you serve at Cami Bible College, what are you doing about it? Yeah, we, we try to look through the lens of discipleship and everything that we do. So even though we have classes and we have things that we're doing, we're, we're wanting to be ultimately uh, serving the purpose of reaching... Um, uh, really being about the Great Commission and being about discipleship. I remember being hired on here on staff 13 years ago. There were three R's that were emphasized, reaching, raising, and releasing. That discipleship oftentimes has these three components. It's not just these three, but at least reaching. Reaching the lost in order to uh, help them start a journey with the Lord. And then once they've started that journey, it's a process of 
of, of raising them and encouraging and equipping them to be the men and women of God that they've been called to be, and then releasing them into their calling and releasing them into the next season of, of life. It's, it's like the Apostle Paul. Again, I, I think of this like the Apostle Paul's relationship with Timothy, is that the Apostle Paul had received things, but he was adamant to pass those things on to uh, the next generation. Yeah. Timothy, was, Timothy was a young pastor. And so I love the pastoral epistles. I'm reminded of when the Apostle Paul says this in Second Timothy chapter 2. He says, The things you, Timothy, have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. There's this process of always looking, moving ahead while looking back and passing things on to those behind you. As the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So at the college, we're, we're attempting to, to really create an atmosphere where transformation is, is what we're expecting, not just information, but to, to be transformed, to humble ourselves together in the presence of the Lord and come to the Word and ask for His help to, tr- to change us, to transform us, and, and to understand that this is just not a seasonal thing, but this is a way of life. This is a way of life that when you transition into that next season, wherever God may take you, in the marketplace or on the mission field or in the church, that you've in- incorporated a way of life of serving, of loving, of growing and learning and bringing people around you in that process as you, as you move forward. Yeah. So those are some of the distinctives that, that we really emphasize okay. about how about you? Uh, it's very similar. As a matter of fact, I think that's interesting is we on our end would probably em- embrace more of the discipleship component with Cami Bible College. And you guys would probably in- embrace more of the educational component with discipleship. So it's really this, these puzzle pieces fitting very, very good together. So they're very similar, uh, the things that, that we are doing. The first thing that we're doing is we're embracing students. I mean, that's, uh, we changed re- reaching, raising, and releasing to embracing, equipping, and entrusting. But still, it's all the same thing, right? Uh, but uh, uh, embracing. I like alliteration. I like that. That's it's why cool. I keep the three That's why hours. we're pastors. That's why we're pastors. We can... Say things with the same letter in front of them. Um, <laughs> uh, the fir- but the first point is really, really, really to embrace them where they are. You know, in Matthew nineteen fourteen, there's a story of uh, the little children coming to Jesus and it being a messy situation. And the, the disciples that were following after him were rebuking everybody and saying, no, 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 don't do that. And Jesus said, wait a second. And he actually said, then it, it says here, then the children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for such belong, for, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Um, we can't expect the next generation to be discipled without it being messy. Things are going to get dirty and things are going to get broken. And that's, so you have to have that heart. And we do within the ID program and all our next gen ministry say, we're going to love you and meet you right where you are. You know, some kids are like, can I, can I come to church if I'm, if I'm messy? Absolutely. Can I join ID if I've got some problems in my life? Absolutely. Because here's the bottom line. Jesus' requirements for his disciples when he first chose them was, will you follow me? And so within ID, our, our, some, two of our main requirements are willingness <laughs> and, and transparency. If you're willing to do this walk and if you are transparent about your faults, that's a great starting place and we can work with that. And so we've seen all kinds of transformations um, in that. And they give up a lot. Um, this process, as they step into the ID program, they leave a lot behind. 
They stop social media. They don't date. They don't work. They are in it for two years. Just like the disciples traveling around the countryside with Jesus. They are in it full time. It's, it's for students who are ready to go that to that level. Um, but once they do, the second thing we do is we equip them. Um, just like what you mentioned about, about raising them up. Proverbs 22.6 says that we are to train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're not trying to create cookie-cutter people within the ID program. It's not like stamp, you memorize exactly this first, you do exactly this thing, you dress this way, you act and talk this way. We're trying to have them be in a season of discovery to find out what is the way they should go. And then we design and tailor their discipleship and their training focused on them. And that's why we have people in fine arts and the business world and working with nonprofits as well as pastors. Um, so we really do that. And we do that in three ways. In truth, which is their attendance at Canby Bible College, full-time Bible college classes, knowing the truth of the word of God. The second is in character. Um, really intensely getting after the things, the things of the heart like you saw in the video um, as, through, through mentoring, and then experience and training. And we really give them the options to be hands-on uh, because they get to touch and sometimes even break the things we have. <laughs> and that's a good thing. They get to preach a message and really blow it and then get coached how to do it again. And they get to disciple people and make mistakes and, and get, their, get dusted off and, and picked back up. And then we entrust them to lead. ID students are leading things. They're not just serving, stacking chairs. That's part of it. But they are leading in areas. They're running missions trips, running summer camps, running all kinds of things. Um, just doing some incredible, incredible things for God. So that's kind of the things that, that we're doing. Um, so to, you've got a question for me now, right? Yeah. So, okay. so you, you talked a lot about the process. So what is for you sort of the great goal or aim, the takeaway that you're looking to achieve through this? I think it's on a, on a personal scale, kind of a uh, local scale, and then a global scale. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very, I feel like my passion is very personable with people, but I've got some big, grandiose ideas at the same time. Um, so on a personal scale, what we're really trying to produce within the ID program is young adults who have such a love for Jesus and for people and such a rock-solid foundation in Christ that wherever they go, people are going to fall in love with Jesus because they're going to know this person. And so we have great uh, couples, great married couples. We just had our first ID baby, and his name is Moses. I will say that. Not within ID. Excuse me. ID graduates had a baby. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. Let me, let me reiterate that. We had our own little ID baby. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're ID grandparents now. Um, but his, and his name is Moses, so, you know, there you go. Uh, but they're just great people. They're just fantastic people. You will know them when you see them and meet them because of the process that they walk through. It's kind of like the disciples. The disciples went fishing for a while and did their thing. They walked away from all that stuff. Matthew 4.20 says that they left their nets at once and followed after the hymn for three years. And then they did some of the same things. So these people are just taking a season of their life to really immerse themselves and get back into community and get back into life. Um, so that's on a personal scale. We want to create that on a local scale, like here at the church and, and maybe in these cities uh, uh, surrounding us. We want to make just great community members, great people who will disciple other young people, who will not walk away from the church 
and faith, but actually we'll engage it further and really reignite that. Reignite that in young people to, to love God and love the believers coming together and discipling people, no matter what their employment is, that they just love to do that. And then on a, on a national or global scale, you know, I've said before that the, the, about 70% of the young people walk away from faith a couple years out of high school or at least have a, a, a very significant experience walking away from faith. I hope to turn that around to where it's no longer the 70% leaving. It's the 70% staying or 80 or 90% engaged in faith. And so something like ID, remember, this is how the first disciples were trained and it ignited all over the world. We're trying to, to win that back over and, uh, and transform that on, on a very large scale. We want to turn those numbers upside down. How about you, Jeremy? What are you doing? Well, the mission statement of our college is equipping laborers for the harvest. And really that is, it's a fusion of two passages where Jesus in in the book of Matthew, he actually said that we're to pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers to go out into the harvest field because the harvest is white. It's ready. It's ripe for the picking. Mm -hmm. And then the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians said that that Christ has given the church uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of saints or believers for the work of ministry. And so really what we want to do, the, the goal of what we do is so that everyone who comes through the college is equipped and trained and prepared to reach the harvest, to, to reach their sphere of influence as God takes them into a new season, that they would be really Christ's ambassadors, representatives, mm-hmm. his emissaries, to go out and to, to, to love those who are unloved and not being touched and to be the hands of Christ to those who need a touch from the Lord. And uh, I, I think of it like this, that in, in the process of, of the starting to the deployment, uh, you, you see the, the, the aspect of calling, equipping, training, anointing and appointing, that there's sort of this, this stage of sensing a call of God on your life that is particular about yourself, that you have an idea that you have a skill set, you, you've been uniquely gifted by God in certain ways, and you, you want to act upon that calling. And so the way that you go about that is, is to get equipped. And a lot, a lot of that is the know-how, the knowledge, the, the, the wisdom that can come uh, through many different venues, but at the college it's through study. And so you're being equipped and you're being formed and spiritually formed by Christ and you're going deeper in, in the knowledge of, of who you are in Christ. And then you're, you're seeking training which ID is so great at that, the hands-on training aspect of, okay, now that you're being formed, what are you doing? How are you growing in that? But then you reach a point where you realize that you can have all the know-how and all the training you want, but you need the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the, the empowering work of God to, to equip and to make effective the work that you're doing. So there's this point of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the empowering work of the Holy Spirit, empowering you for the vision he gives. You know, we're familiar with that, that saying that where he guides, he provides. And so we look at that and say, where, where is the Spirit empowering you in your ministry? And is he? Because he will appoint you, that last step of being appointed to, to ministry, whether it's lay ministry or ordained ministry, you're going through this process and he will anoint you 
and appoint you to the work that he has called you to do. So those, this is really this, this process where we have those who, those who come, these emerging ministers come from day one to the point where they're deployed. They're going through this process. And so our goal is to be about disciple formation mm-hmm. and to do, do it in a context where the transformation of Christ is emphasized, and that's really the end goal. That's what we're wanting to see. Um, I'm just going to give a couple uh, closing thoughts. I, I've been thinking a lot about how God has given New Life this college. And really, it's God's college. And as much as I work there and I spend a lot of time, it's not my college. Ultimately, it's God's college. He has established this. I get to be a part of it, and we all get to be a part of it. But it really is something that God has given to this church for not just our community, but those outside. I mean, numerous students from other churches are coming through, and we have instructors from other churches. But this is a ministry of New Life Foursquare Church. So in this sense, God has given this vision to ID and Canby Bible College because it's an extension of the ministry he's given to us here at New Life. And uh, for, for a while, I, I used to be very self-conscious about uh, emphasizing the, the school or even asking people to support the school. Uh, and, and I just didn't want to go there until really the last year and a half. I've, there's a certain um, freedom I have now to encourage us. This is our ministry how can we individually support this college, this discipleship ministry? Because the Lord just really reminded me, this is my college, and I will resource my college through my people. Amen. Don't be uh, inhibited to encourage God's people to be active in the ministry and the vision that I have given to them. So I'm encouraging all of us to, to think of ways that you can be a part of resourcing the school, whether it's uh, God puts it on your heart to come and to volunteer, to help out just with your time or your resources, your financial resources, or encourage those you know who really want to go deeper and are thinking about college. Why not Canby Bible College, right? <laughs> so that's really my, my encouragement to all of us is to think about how uh, perhaps the Lord would have you to, uh, to resource ID and Canby Bible College. So. Good. Thank you, Jeremy. I, um, I want to uh, share a couple things, too, to kind of close up today. And again, in a moment, we're going to give you the opportunity to give so you can be preparing your hearts and just asking the Lord right now what you might want to participate in and, and knowing that, that this, this, uh, uh, this offering that we're going to take in a minute goes to keep, I mean, the it's $100 a credit to attend Canby Bible College. That's unheard of. Um, the, the tuition uh, for ID is, is similar, and it's, uh, they travel all over the globe, and, and we try to keep it really, really low for them so they can graduate debt-free. That's a big deal, so they can go on and do what God's called them to do. Um, and we do that. We absolutely do that, but we need your partnership with that. So in a moment, we're going to do that. But really what I want to share is I want to... I wanna, um, say something to a couple groups of people, first of all, to, to just the young adults here, or maybe you're a later high school student approaching, um, consider something like ID. Consider what that might do in your life. I'm telling you, it is something that is, uh, uh, brings great fruitfulness, and it's something that will help change you and help change the world. And to everybody here, I want to share this. This is really important that you guys need to understand what we're really talking about here because we're not just talking about two programs. You heard a lot about the next generation. 
And they're here whether we like it or not. <laughs> whether we like them or not, <laughs> they are here. And I love them. And I know you guys too, do too. Um, but they're here. But what we're really experiencing right now in today's society, today's culture, is we're really experiencing a crossing over. And it's happening right now. And it's very similar to when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan into the promised land. And when they crossed over, what had happened is they took the land and everything was distributed. And in Joshua and Judges, we see that, that after being given this promised land, that everybody took their own land and just kind of did their own thing. So what happened is after Joshua passed away, in Judges chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says, And all that generation had died, and there rose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. See, God had just taken an entire people group out of captivity in Egypt into the wilderness for 40 years, gave them the promised land, and they walked into it with everything given them, and in one generation, they lost it. They had the land, but they didn't have the Lord. Why? Because they didn't train up their young people. They simply did not train their young they got busy with life, busy with stuff, busy with their land, busy with their goats. <laughs> but they didn't pass on God's ways to the next generation. So we are at an impasse here. We are at a crossing over. This is that time right now. There are about 90 million people in the next generation. The 8 to 28 year olds. 90 million. It is the largest generation that has ever been. In the history of humanity. It is the largest that has ever been. They are going to be running our cities. Our schools. Our governments. Our businesses. And our churches. And with the next, next election cycle, they'll be voting in everybody and running everything as they see fit for the next 40 years. Young people are now going to invade us for the next 40 years in a really good way. But they're here. As a matter of fact, the only one people group that will take over this church is not an ethnic person group. It's not a gender person group. It's a generation person group. Because the only thing that we are sure of is that for the next 40 years, this church, right here even in our local little church, will be ran by young, that generation for the next 40 years. So it's incumbent upon us to build a bridge that is healthy, that is good, that is strong, that can pass on God's ways to the next generation. But it has to be a bridge that can hold 90 million people for 40 years. 
And that doesn't take just a youth pastor or a dean of a college or a director of a program. It takes all of us. We need you to partner with us, whether it's through prayer, volunteering, or, or financially. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward right now. And I really want you to pray as, as I pray of what the Lord might say to you this morning about how to reinforce this bridge that we wouldn't see a generation that would be in the promised land and then go back to the wilderness for 40 years. But we would see a generation that would exist now and transform their communities, transform their neighborhoods by love, by care, and by Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the privilege it is to raise up young people. And I pray right now as, as we take this offering, Lord God, that you would speak deeply to people of how they might contribute, how they might participate. Lord, that you would touch all of us deep in our hearts to at least care deeply and at least pay close attention to the work that you're doing in the lives of young people, Lord God. As we take this offering and we sing this song as we're doing it, Lord God, we pray that your name is proclaimed by how we worship right now, Lord God, in both song and giving, Lord Jesus. We give this to you in your name. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.